around Guelph, I got a call from Melissa. I told her I was going to see Goblin Macbeth at the Stratford Festival. She said to me, you never came and saw me when I was in Macbeth. I had no recollection. I was pregnant with Sally. You said, I love you, but I'm not coming to see you in Macbeth. I don't like Shakespeare. Welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast. I'm Jason Bryden. It's Wednesday, October 25th. It's true. I don't like Shakespeare. Mostly because, well, it's 400 years old. And that makes it hard to understand. And that makes it boring. Is this, do I have to explain this? But also because of our outsized reverence for him. I don't like it. I don't like reverence for anything. It makes me roll my eyes. A preciousness for the old, especially where it leaves less room for the new, makes me suspicious. I like the new. I like it. I don't care. The bard takes up a lot of space. He does, still. Would he be so popular if we had to pay his estate for the rights to produce his plays? Not likely. We don't like paying artists these days. I was driving up to Stratford, Stratford, Ontario, where the Shakespeare Festival is, the Stratford Festival, if you don't know. And Goblin Macbeth is a truncated version of the Scottish play where three goblins play all the roles and do the music and the sound effects. And, and it was really good. I mean, it was really good. From the word go, they had the audience in the palm of their hands. The people that created this show are my friends Rebecca and Bruce. Uh, used to be married. We met at university, I think. I definitely went to university with Rebecca, but I don't think I went to university with Bruce, but he was there. Anyway, they keep making stuff. They keep making stuff out of nothing. They have a company called Spontaneous Theater, their background is improv. They come from, they, they're, they're so good at the nothing, they're not afraid of it, they make stuff. That's how they got into Stratford. That, this is their first show at Stratford, I think. Isn't that amazing? They didn't just audition. They had to build an entire show to get in there. That's dedication. When you walk into the foyer, uh, there's a bunch of people milling around. The goblins are there. They're working the crowd. And um, and that's cool. They're mingling. I don't like roving characters, but I get it. Uh, I line up for a chocolate bar. Is that an improvement over alcohol? I used to line up for alcohol. Now I line up for chocolate. I get the dark chocolate. Is that better? I don't know. I go inside and sit down, and there's the usual Victorian legroom, even though this theater is not Victorian. And I, and I understand theater's hard. It's hard to make money. But I don't go. not just because I have a bad attitude and I don't like Shakespeare, but I specifically do not go to theater if I know the legroom is bad. I don't get it. The, the, The theater, the definition of the interaction between performer and audience is one person stands on a stage or one one group, the other group sits in the audience. And yet the sitting, they don't give a shit about it. Am I the only one? I might be. I'm six foot five. Maybe if you're normal height, you don't even think about this stuff. 
my mom, I was telling my mom about this, and she said her local theater, the K Meek in West Vancouver, British Columbia, she said there's about 500 seats. They're all soft. It's a soft, soft theater, soft seated. Uh, there's enough room in front of everybody's seat for someone to walk past not doing the crab walk. You can just walk past in between the backs of one row and the legs of, a, of your fellow audience member. Wow. So it's possible. Somebody did it. Kay Meek did it, whoever she was. Good for you, Kate. Kay. The goblins are on stage. They're having trouble turning off of a Bluetooth turning off a Bluetooth speaker that was playing the pre-show music. They pass it to an audience member who turns it off. All three goblins yell accusatorily, "Witch!" And then they kneel down and genuflect to her in in um in in honor of her. They celebrate the witch, and the crowd goes crazy. Because the crowd was filled with witches. These are their people, and they know their people. They read the room. They they know who they're getting in the door. Then the goblins talked about how Tolkien was an asshole because of his goblins were uh, um, supposed to be racist, and and oh, you should have seen the head nodding in the yep, uh huh. We know that. We know that. They're, they're, they're talking directly to the nerdery out there in the audience. The people that have read all the Hobbit, that have read all the Lord of the Rings, that, have, that know their Star Wars, their fans, they're, they go to Comic-Cons, they go to Collecticons, they, they know their people. Then they stopped, and one goblin gave the other some direction on how to say a line in Macbeth correctly. And they spoke about iambic pentameter and they and um, feminine endings and rhyming couplets and and they go through all this and it's really interesting. Like I, I knew some of it, but but I learned new stuff, which is always a fun time. Then there was a long beat. And Rebecca said something like, uh, are, are, we, are we better off now that we know all this shit? Are our lives better now that we know all this stuff? So we had the, we had the celebration of the brilliance. We got to know it, and then we made fun of it. Ooh, that's a, that's a skill. That's a sniper right there. And then Bruce said, I can't remember apropos of what exactly, but, um, but it was something along the lines of, no wonder they're cutting this stuff from the school curriculum. Is this necessary that we know Shakespeare still? They examined the reverence. They made fun of their love for Shakespeare. They just showed us the other side of the argument. And you should have seen the audience. They were all nodding and laughing too. A collective self-awareness, to me, is the opposite of crowd think. You know, it made, me, it made me think, well, maybe we can be smart in a crowd if we're directed by people operating at the top of their game. It was the opposite of uh, a mob mentality or um, jumping to conclusions or telling an old story. It was people that I went to university with, so a.k.a of a certain age, still able to 
show a flexibility, a, a cerebral flexibility that you don't often see. I got very excited. I still am. And I, I still didn't understand the Shakespearean parts. Uh, and that, that's when I started looking around the crowd and checking people out. A lot of d- different shapes in that crowd. A lot of shapes. There was a woman with her belly was so big it hung down between her knees like a like a tailgate, like a um, like a dog door, like a, it was it was incredible. She walked across the stage to take her seat, and she was out of breath. I mean, but she was still there. She left the house. She went to see theater. When was the last time you saw theater? What was your excuse? Uh, it didn't matter that I that there were the Shakespearean parts, though, because I knew the goblins would be back with their irreverence and their commentary and their chemistry and their mastery. They have mastered stuff. Watching people who are masters of something, you know, it's always exciting. It doesn't matter what. That night, Rebecca and I stayed up late. I was staying at her place, stayed up late, and spoke. We talked about the good old days in Calgary, Keith Johnstone, the Loose Moose Theater Company, about teaching, about the little wisdom we've gained over the years. She spoke of old lady necks, and I didn't have to speak of erectile dysfunction, thank God, because something inside of me reminded me that I talk about it all the time on podcasts and blogs, and, you know, I could just maybe sit and listen once in a while. (laughs) To come all this way, only to realize that it's really just about sitting there and listening. She still keeps in touch with our acting teacher, Pamela. We still quote her to each other. She had such great quotes. She suggested we not have a goat. Don't have a goat. No goat. Because if you don't have one, then they can't get it. Her sport reference was 40 for 60. 40 men at 100% for 60 minutes. Another indicator to our young selves that actors historically tend to be lazy. But can you do that? Can you work as hard as a football player or a hockey player? And why not? What else are you doing? She also reminded us that a trip to Banff isn't just about Banff. It's about the ride there, too. Easy for you to say when that means driving through the foothills of the Rockies and country and try driving to Stratford where the majority of the drive is on the 401. Wow. Ontario has a lot to answer for when it comes to natural beauty. At dinner before the show that night, Bruce had taken us to a fast casual burrito joint. Uh, In an effort to be easygoing, I didn't say anything. When the mango smoothie arrived at the table, I took a sip and it tasted of broccoli. I passed it around and was corroborated. Bruce's very berry smoothie tasted the same. The tikka burrito was a salt lick. The pizza never showed. The server did offer us a pack of playing cards, however, so it wasn't a complete bust. After, Rebecca's boyfriend Ty joined me at a bar across the street in the hopes we could wash away the taste of the brassica with a proper cocktail. When I said I wanted a wet martini, the bartender nodded. 
He didn't hesitate. This is always a good sign. I didn't have to explain it. You know, what does wet mean? He just went ahead and made it. Ty is a person that I didn't really know. Um, But he can just sit there in an awkward silence and say nothing because it's not awkward to him. After a while, I stopped nattering on and just tried to ride his confidence. A martini the size of my ever-expanding forehead arrived. The taste of broccoli was swiftly cleansed with the magical combination of gin and vermouth, a sum greater than its parts. I looked at Ty. He looked at me. I almost began speaking again. Instead, I just smiled and bit my tongue. He smiled at me. We sat there looking at each other, smiling. And then I turned and stared at a shelf filled with glasses for a while. And I thought to myself, I love this. A friend of ours from, from university died this year. He was 52. I hadn't known him since school. We hadn't kept in touch. Where, where do those people reside when you don't keep in touch, but then something horrific happens? Where do you put them? Is there something to be resolved? Rebecca said, you and me are the only ones in our class that are still acting. Is that true? And Jane, isn't Jane still working in theater? Three out of ten, pretty good. Everyone else got out. Steve's in real estate. Katrina's high up in retail. JT voices a cooking show. Four, then, voice, voiceover is acting, isn't it? Even if it is a reality cooking show. Especially if you've been doing it for a decade or so like JT has, you got to act like it's still interesting. Did you see the tree out in the foyer, Rebecca asked? The public art? No, I said. I I was lining up for a chocolate bar. Anyway, we built a fake public art. There's a big wooden green tree in the foyer, and... I put a plaque on it and has a picture of the artist, which is just a photo of my sister. And she thanks the governing body for the $20,000 grant. The idea is, is not only to make fun of funding shitty art, but also we needed branches the audience could wave around in the Burnham Woods scene. Huh, wish I had seen it. This show just keeps unfolding like an onion. Like they're out there in the foyer in, uh, before the show starts. And then they set up in front of the audience on the stage. I always love that. I love when the actors are out there beforehand on the stage. Like if you see them warming up or something, it's like you're being led into a secret. And then, and then, um, and then this art thing, you know, they make a, they make a fake tree. They, they're lying to you from the get-go. They're, they're setting this trap. I love the imagination. This stuff wouldn't even ever occur to me. Years ago, like 30, when I applied to theater schools, I also applied to U of C because my cousins lived in Calgary, not because my alma mater was known for its drama department. It was known for medicine and engineering. But their standards back then for entrance were incredibly low. That's how I got in. That's how I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts. It didn't 
make me a better actor, however. That would come 25 years later when the culmination of maturity, therapy, desperation, and the Meisner technique, really, finally had an effect. Just in time for there to be no work for an older, whiter, maler actor in Canadian showbiz, whatever. The next morning, Bruce and I had coffee, and it tasted like coffee, at a place near Falstaff and Downey Streets. He encouraged me to join Patreon, said it's taken him years to get a base of regulars that support him, his painting, his writing, his acting. As things get fancier and more technological, we are reverting, too. If advertising isn't paying, if the streamers don't want to share, if, if newspapers and TV and cinemas go away, then we'll need patrons again. Art has never been about the bottom line. Sure, it gets co-opted, monetized, people trying to turn it into a widget. These snake oil salesmen come and go. The gypsies? We remain. After the show, the goblins appear outside the venue and stand around and pose for pictures. A crowd of 50 or more line up. This is called taking care of your audience. This is called making sure everybody leaves happy. This is called client care and advertising. Dance with the one who brung you. Make sure they're having a good time and they will take care of you in return. That night, I climbed the stairs to the attic and got into bed. I might be one of a few that are still acting, but Rebecca's actually making stuff from the ground up. Watching friends operate at the top of their game is a very satisfying venture. And I, I've collected a few of them. My friend Condor roasts just the best coffee here in Toronto that I get to buy at the friends and family rate. Thank you, Condor. Every month. My friend Mo has an occult bookstore in Kensington Market, one of the, like, the greatest neighborhoods in Toronto. And, and, and we go there every Wednesday and we eat Chinese food in Chinatown and then we sing karaoke in, in his weird bookstore. I can read books by old friends, Charlie Demers or Cliff Nesteroff. I can watch comedy from Phil Hanley or Dylan Reimer or Graham Clark. The list goes on. It's a real treat to have so many creative minds in my Rolodex. Next, Rebecca and Bruce take Goblin Oedipus to the High Performance Rodeo in Calgary, which is a theater festival put on by One Yellow Rabbit every January. In Calgary. I mean, what else are you going to do in January in Calgary? She was at Shaw this summer. Bruce was at Bart on the Beach. He goes to the Blythe Festival for Christmas. These creatives are really putting their money where their mouths are. Melissa calls when I'm on the 401, just passing Guelph again. I guess this is what we do now. Every time I'm near Guelph, I talk to Melissa. She's just come from a liquid lunch with her sister-in-law for her birthday. How was the show? They had them eating out of their palms from the word go. There was this Bluetooth speaker, and then they got a witch to turn it off, and then they liked the witch, and then everybody just fell in love with the goblins, and then we were off. There, there was public art in the shape of a shitty tree in the foyer, and it was just there 
to make fun of shitty art that's funded by the government, and so they would the audience would have branches to wave around in the Burnham Woods scene. Did your Macbeth do that? Did it have a fake tree? Bluetooth speaker? Did it make fun of Shakespeare? I guess that's what I really like. They made fun of everything an artist should stand for. That's what speaks to me. Subversion. More of that, please. More foil. More skepticism. More self-awareness. Melissa and I move on to other, more important subjects like the kids. How's Sally? How's Winnie and Maya? How's the house? How are you? We check in. We save our reverence for the things that matter. Friends operating at the top of their game. All right, some advice and questions this week. Hey there, I'm Kathleen Pollard. I'm an actor in Toronto, and I've been in this business now for going on 20 years, which is a crazy long time, but it honestly feels like I'm not even at the halfway mark yet. And hopefully that's true. And this ties into the advice that I have for my younger self. It's a really, really long road ahead. It's going to take much longer than you think it will and much longer than you want it to. And there's really no clear destination. Success is not measured in the same way as it is with other career paths in other industries. It's not a clear line. It's not a meritocracy. It's a moving target. The myth that you'll book one groundbreaking job that's going to launch your career and set you up for life or make you famous overnight, that happens one out of maybe 100,000 times. And for most of us, it's peaks and valleys. You're working and then you're not. You'll book something amazing, something big, and then you stop working for two years. That's normal. So when you're not auditioning or booking and it feels like nothing is happening, this is also what it is to be an actor. The time you spend waiting will be more than the time you spend working. But here's the thing, that's not failure. That's just how it is. Until you quit, you haven't failed. So cultivate patience. Get comfortable with being in limbo. It actually takes the pressure off, which doesn't mean you get complacent. It just means you learn how to live with uncertainty. You will outlive and outlast your competition who decided to throw in the towel when the results weren't instant. Use this time wisely. Don't waste it on feeling sorry for yourself. Keep your creativity alive. Find something that brings you that creative satisfaction while you wait for your next audition. This will keep you ready and sharp. Even if it's travel, making interesting friends, trying new food, rock climbing, forming opinions, this will all end up in your inventory somehow. Actors need to be experts on the human condition, so go experience being human. You'll have better stories to tell at parties, and it will undoubtedly make you a better actor in the process. The good stories always come out of the shit episode in your life. Have you noticed that? Like, what if dinner was just fine up at Stratford? And I wouldn't have mentioned it. I wouldn't have had a smoothie that tasted like broccoli to talk about. Then maybe Ty and I wouldn't have gone for a drink. Then, anyways, quitting, however, I would, I would just like to give another take on that, is that even if you quit, it isn't failure. You can't fail if you're making art. You fail yourself if you stop doing something you love because of expectation or somebody else. I would say. 
You can't, you, can't, you can't give up on yourself ever. You can never quit. There's no quitting. I keep asking Kathleen if she's ever taught. I think she should teach. She's so good. And she's so compassionate and smart. And maybe when she hears this, she'll, she'll um, take, it, take me seriously. Great advice, Kathleen. Thank you so much for your thoughtful response. Are people listening to these? I want these advice things to be shortcuts to learning from people that have been through a ringer or two. Kathleen's done a lot of work, and she's really good. And do we have to reinvent the wheel each and every time, or can we watch somebody who's really good and just steal from them? Just steal everything and tell them, thank you. I'm just going gonna, gonna to try that out, what you did, the thing you did. I'm going to try it. Wouldn't that be good? Okay, questions. My name is Evan Abraham Dale Jr. Brockett, and I'm located in Toronto Lakeshore, Topico. My first question is, how did you make it into the acting industry and get an opportunity to be in the Umbrella Academy? Another question I have for you is, how many auditions did you do before you landed a role or a major role? that another question i have for you jason okay is, time 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 evan time time out okay evan you're a singular individual and i love you for it uh, evan is one of my students and i asked for questions i did ask for questions and man he gave me a lot now let me just go back to the email he sent okay there's one two three four there's about 20 questions here evan you get an a for effort all right let me just go through these quickly okay should I, or maybe I'll split it up. No, 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 I'll just do it all now. All right, how did I make it into the acting industry and how did I get an opportunity to get on the Umbrella Academy? I just auditioned for Umbrella. I auditioned twice, that was it. That's the way it's supposed to go. How did I get into the industry? I just got it, I just started. And I got a shitty agent. Uh, I was a shitty actor, so it worked out perfectly. Nobody knew who I was. And then you just start auditioning. You're in it, Evan. You're in it. you're in the industry already. You're just at the beginning. How many auditions did I do before I landed a role? I can't remember, but it was a lot. I mean, I was I was broke for I was a broke actor with shitty jobs, living in an illegal sublet, um, posing as another person. My friend Kurt. Uh, um, committing fraud, stealing food from my parents for years until uh, until I got to quit my job at um, washing boats for nine dollars an hour on Granville Island, and then I was living in a it wasn't a crack house, but it was a house where crack was being done, but they kept it in the basement, so reputable, and um, and there was more mice than people, and any time that. The third floor flushed their toilet, and the second floor had their sink plugged. It would rain down brown water down my walls. It was a shithole. I could go on. So it took me a long fucking time to start making money at it. So maybe don't do it the way I did it. But definitely take comfort in that it takes a while. Is it possible to break through into the acting industry? It is, but there's no breaking. You're just in it. You go in it, and then you just get better at it. That's all. Patience is the thing.
How long does it take to make acting a full-time career? It took me six years, but that was in the last millennium. Don't ask an old person like me, and don't try and predict the future. What's better to use, Actors Access or Casting Workbook? Wow, I think both are shit. But the people that started them are making tons of money, I think. So make something like that. That's the lesson there. I'm going to skip down a few. What's the best job to have when you're striving to be an actor? I would look into the medical field. I really enjoyed working at a hospital. They pay better. Serving also is really good um, because of the tips. Although, do people still tip now that there isn't cash? Like, I mean, people still tip and tips are going up, but food's really expensive. Restaurants are expensive. So I'm not sure if people are going out to restaurants anymore. And plus, your tips are diminished because now there's a record of them. They're on the books. They're not tax-free anymore. Get into being a porter at a hospital and doing wellness stuff, you know, like where you play a patient, that can pay well. What's the best type of agent to get? It doesn't matter if you're starting out. I mean, it doesn't matter ever, I don't think. All, they're all the same. They all lie, and they're all the same. They're all just barbers in a, in a salon renting a chair and hoping they get a hit, just like everyone else. We're all just looking for a hit. So get whatever the agent that you can get, and then don't worry about it. Just focus on your craft. Everything else is bullshit. Is it worth going to college for acting classes? No, no, don't go to a post-secondary place for acting. Just start taking acting classes, doesn't have to be with me, and business classes, like personal finance classes and then acting stuff. Don't You don't have to learn how to warm up. You don't have to learn how to sing. All that can come modularly. You, you don't have to learn how to do movement. You don't have to learn about Shakespeare. You don't have to... Um, Get into debt by getting into an ivory tower of reverence. Do it modularly. It's called bootstrapping in the entrepreneurial world. All right? Keep your day job. Take acting classes at night. Practice, practice, practice. And then you'll hear about another class. Oh, Meisner's over here. And then you hear about another one over here. Oh, I heard that on camera is good over there. And then you hear about a good singing teacher and you do that. You don't have to go into this big, massive thing where you get a degree that no one will ever ask you about. Uh, Next question. Toronto or L.A.? Which is better? Well, you've got to go to L.A. and New York. You've got to go to all those places before you're old. Because they'll take, they'll beat the shit out of you, those places. They're big, incredible cities, but they're also incredibly expensive. You're starting over down there. So get down there as soon as possible, if, if that's an itch you have. I mean, go and check it out first, but vacationing in a place isn't the same as living in one. I loved living in L.A., but it was fucking expensive and I was unemployed. But it was so much fun. I don't know if my way of doing it was the best way. I was a little bit older, but I had saved up a bunch of money, and then I went down there for pilot seasons, uh, four years. I mean, those are great times. L.A. is an amazing place. I highly recommend it before it falls into the Pacific. L- uh, New York, you know, if that's your, if shows are, if if Broadway is your dream, then you got to go there. I just can't stand being on an island. I don't like islands. I feel hemmed in. Anyways, it's not about me. It's about you, Evan, and all of your incredible questions. Is that it? Oh, here's one. 
Is it possible for any actor in Toronto to branch out to L.A. and land a major project? I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. But I think you're looking at the wrong yardstick, my dear. you got to make stuff. Fulfillment is not going to be measuring up to someone else's yardstick. You may not be able to even hear this. I certainly couldn't when I was your age. I wanted to be on a sitcom so badly, and I never got there. But there's about three of those jobs on earth. So are you going to always be in a constant state of want by aiming for someone else's to ride on someone else's coattails? That's their hopes and dreams. If I wanted to be on a sitcom, then I could have made a sitcom. I mean, I kind of did. I made a bunch of digital series on YouTube ages ago before kids. I'm going to start doing that again. There's plenty of ways to skin a cat. There's plenty of ways to scratch that itch. It may not be have the money behind it that you want. You may not be the, with the, the, the stars that, that you so desperately think you require in your life. But just remember, fulfillment comes from making your own shit. You can do that right now. You already do. I, I subscribe to your YouTube channel. That's making it. Making stuff is the new making it. Now, there is a lot of uh, sense in going to where the shit is happening. Go, go to the biggest pile of money and, and you, you have a better chance of um, it rubbing off on you. So do that when you're young. But if you do come back to Toronto or if you just stay here, know that you're in an incredible place with a shit ton of amazing people. The talent pool here is so rich. You can do whatever you want here, Evan, especially with your energy. Thank you for all of your 3,000 questions. I hope that helps. And, you know, if you have more, I mean, you're in my class. So I'll see you Monday. Thank you so much for listening to the show. That's it for this episode. Please rate and review five stars only. I couldn't handle anything less. For more information on classes, go to boldacting.com. Subscribe to the newsletter at boldacting.substack.com. And reach out. Email me at jasonbryden at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time.